Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I feel like because we give certain titles and words to people in football, it makes them sound like they're superhuman. Like a director of football automatically is better at signing players than a manager for no reason. Yeah, yeah, For absolutely no fucking reason whatsoever. Like Eddie, in the group chat yesterday, my guy Josh here goes, trusting Eddie Howe's uh, talent ID over Dan Ashworth, that's questionable, isn't it? I'm like, Eddie Howe signed a thousand more players than Dan Ashworth. Yeah. But no, I'm not saying you're wrong, hmm. and I'm not saying that the point is wrong, but <laughs> just saying, this, there's an idea that Dan Ashworth is like superhuman. But the first question is, how important do we think the director of football is for massive, football? Yeah. Massive, massive. I think if you look at all the teams that are doing really well at the moment, you can see a director of football doing a good job there. Mm. And especially the teams that have made good signings recently. I think in, like outside of, I think we can easily say the top three this season, City, Arsenal, Liverpool. All of them make smart signings. Eddie Gaspar at Arsenal has won an award for, as a director of football. Just below that... Who gives that award though? <laughs> the director of the director of football, yeah. basically, mate. But then just below that, you look, you look at Spurs and Villa. Monchi at Villa, he's worked with Emery for a long time. They've made some amazing signings. Mm-hmm. And we know at Spurs, even though Patricia isn't officially their director of football, we know he's consulting there. And we we know that a lot of those signings were his and you look at players like Van der Ven who's been amazing when he comes in there I think a director of football in the modern era is one of the most underrated things that a club can have and I think if you look at the big clubs who aren't doing as well at the moment Man United the biggest example of that it's because they lack one of those and they give too much trust to a manager in terms of recruitment well that was actually a good answer wasn't it <laughs> cheers <laughs> I was going to try and like, no because for time for a long long time in football managers did their own transfers, did their own recruitment. And I'm not saying that they haven't been helped by directors of football, but I just wanted to gauge from the table what level of importance we generally give. I know you you do. What about you, Sue? Has Eddie Howe ever won a World Cup? No. Has Dan Ashworth? Ashworth has won two. What are you on about? When Ashworth, <laughs> when Ashworth was uh, with the FA, when he was at the FA, he started with the FA in 2012. In that time, he won the World Cup with the under-17s oh, and the under-20s. <laughs> fuck off. And that is solely due to him. So when it's you're, when you're saying... smart signing. Exactly. Is it? <laughs> Dan Ashworth brought in the England DNA, Brian. Can, can Have you not heard this term? In, in order to confirm how great managers... Oh, sorry. In order to confirm how great football directors are at transfers, this man uses international football <laughs> as his example. With teenagers. Underage international football. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I do... I do take your point though Ashworth has, has proven himself to some degree at institutional I, I, think, I think Dan Ashworth's got one of the best CVs in, in directors of football and if you're thinking about football management and the games that are going to be coming out going forward I think it's going to be director of football because okay, that's uh, far more exciting okay, okay. the transfers are way more exciting than the actual you're, you're, you're such a nerd <laughs> <laughs> when he talks about CVs though um, a director of football and this was what I found interesting about Eddie Howe's response they were like well what, what kind of blow is this going to be and he's like well a director of football is a long term role so you actually have to be in the role for a long time to actually see the benefits of what he's there to do because mm. he's there to 
set up the youth academies to put long-term infrastructure into a club so that in 10 years, we see the results of that. In 18 months of being at Newcastle, he couldn't have even acted on enough of those changes to even see the long-term benefits of it. And he was only at Brighton for three years, which I'm not saying he didn't do a good job, but you can't really... It's it's hard to fully understand how good he was after only three years at a club. In that time, you look at some of the signings that he made and some of the transfer fees that went the other way. You know, you got Trossard, £15 million. Mm -hmm. That's a pretty good deal. Caicedo, €28 million. Pretty good deal. Mm-hmm. Veltman, that was €1 million Euros they brought in Veltman for. Again, very, very good record. Danny Welbeck on a free. That's a smart That's a smart transfer. That's a Premier League proven striker there. Cucurella, they brought in for €18 million. Euros. Look, they sold And are we saying that we know around this table for a fact that football directors are completely in control of transfers? No. Because from what I've understood from day one is that they are in charge of infrastructure in recruiting scouts who then go and scout the players who then tell you who to get. Do you understand what I'm saying? So we're giving, I'm worried that we're giving Dan Ashworth far too much credit Mm. because for weeks and weeks and weeks, a mate of mine who is clued up in the situation at Brighton said, the real story of Brighton isn't Dan Ashworth. It's their scouts. Mm. And their scouts have made Dan Ashworth look fucking great. This was months before any of this happened. And I just said, well, I'm glad he's at Newcastle. You know, they seem to be well set up. What the fuck do I know? But I'm just concerned that we're giving this guy a lot of credit when the real name of Dan and Ashworth was made at England, but that's which what, did not include transfers. That's, that's like saying, you know, a company doesn't need a CEO because the people that underneath him do all the work. It's mm. like, you need a figurehead. You need someone that's going to hire no, that's all that's not what scout. I'm saying. I'm saying, are we giving the CEO more credit than we actually know he deserves? I don't know. I don't think we can know. I think there's a chance that Newcastle, the fan base and the people inside the club are a lot less hurt by this departure than the media are portraying. Because when you look at Dan Ashworth's work there. A good point you made was the the fees he's received for players at Brighton, but he obviously had the time on his side to be able to bring those guys in and then obviously move them on at a profit. He didn't have that time on his side at Newcastle to be able to have done that. But when you look at the money he spent, like, I'm not saying that they haven't been hits because he's made some good signings. He's made some good signings. Obviously, Pope on a free, that was a good one. But then when you look at Livermento, Gordon, Botman, um, a lot of the players he was brought in were brought in for like, you know, not small fees at all. We're bought in for decent money. So I think then when you look at the performances of these guys, they've been good signings. But I, I get that this is far and few between in modern day football. Not all big money signings are good. But for the money you paid, you'd expect them to be quite good signings. Yeah. You've also had signings that they, they've bought in like uh, Lewis Hall, who, who you would imagine was something to do with Ashworth if he was. Bro. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We've been asking around this table about Lewis Hall. Why is he not playing? And the rumour has been, not just, you know, uh, now that Ashford's gone, is Eddie Howe didn't rate him. Mm. And it was one that was given to him, forced on him, which we've seen stuff like this happen where managers don't Mm. rate players before when chairmen have just got the hard on for a player. But it's ironic that you bring up some of those players because a lot of the Newcastle signings that were made, the best ones, arguably, outside of Gordon, because Gordon was within the Ashworth uh, tenure, Mm. um, Bruno Gimmerish, 
Kieran Trippier. Um, I think Isak was made like 30 days after Ashworth signed. That's not an So the likelihood you can't give um, give it to him. And um, and Sven Botman. So the, the four out of the five best signings Newcastle have made mm. with fuck all to do with Ashworth. So that's why I'm sitting here being like, eh. Like, I think he's probably going to do all right for Man United. Now I understand why they want him. But I'm not like thinking and that we've lost anything great. Then when you look at the money he has spent, as I say, they're not gems bought in on the cheap like yeah. they were at Brighton. And when you look at the financial sort of situation that Newcastle in at the minute, and it looks like their hands are very much tied, in that January transfer window, when everyone around this table could agree that they needed to go and reinforce, having someone with a track record of being able to bring in capable players on low fees didn't really did do any, did, didn't it really did do anything for you because yeah. the only the only sort of signings that you were linked with weren't those sort of gems that he was bringing through at Brighton. I get that you've got to give him time in the first team to be able to become that, but it's not like we were seeing his form if you credit the Brighton success, if you credit that to Dan Ashworth, I don't think you saw it replicated in the early stages. And, and then the last summer, which would be the one that you'd have thought would have been more of a Dan Ashworth-led summer, was worse mm-hmm. in my clearly worse than anything we had when Eddie was in, in more in charge, um, and I do think part of the reason Ashworth's wanting to leave, from what I'm hearing, and I do hear things, is that he will have more control at Manchester United, and therefore yeah. it's a better role for him. But if you look at Livramento, great signing, no complaints about that. Lewis Hall, it's gone down like a lead balloon. Barnes has not been great so far. Oh. The last game I watched him in, he looked fucking shit. I've got to be honest, I do think he's better than that. Adino, uh, sorry, Tenali. Um, that was one of the worst signings in history so far, right? Mm. For the amount of money we spent on him. So I'm not, I don't think there's anything to lose sleep over. I just think the way the guy's going on, particularly as a director of football, someone who you're supposed to be a long-term person. I understand every person, you know, has the right to want a better job, better money, all of that. But your whole point of your role is long-term and you're leaving after 18 months. Like there's nothing to say for Manchester United that Real Madrid knocked on his door say years later because that's his fucking track record I mean I don't think Real Madrid are looking at Dan Ashworth I don't either <laughs> but no but do you know what like, I, I'm I, just I, suggesting it's not a cool of course he, he's going to jump ship when a better opportunity comes to him yeah. or at least what he perceives as being a better opportunity but I think that the guys in the club are probably looking at it and they're going "There's a." this is this is my sort of very simplistic outlook on it I think that the guys in the club including Eddie Howe are looking at it and thinking do you know what we don't not rate his talent ID but we're not thinking it's going to be the thing that saves this club and, and moves this club forward so if we can get what we're hearing, what is it, 20 million in a payout or something? I, I don't know because I, I think there might be a little bit of revenge here because when we needed Jesse Lingard, we asked for him on loan right when he was having his purple patch and they went 15 million for a loan. Mm. So I think that there's going to be a, oh really? Yeah. Oh, remember that? Mm. Well, because now we've got them by the balls because we know that they want him so we can either sit and let him rot and fester for two years or you cough up some decent money for him, um, which is, imagine, is quite interesting. Um, imagine if you do do that and then Man United end up backing out of it. How's the feeling going to be around the club about having Dan Ashworth there knowing you've got, let's be honest, oh, he's a, never bit, coming a bit back. Of a snake in the grass there. He's never coming back. Yeah. No way, because they've already made that absolutely clear. Like, you, yeah. you're done. Do you know what? I think there's a lot of short-termism there as well, you know, like, look, Man United, we we were talking earlier about sort of the biggest clubs in Premier League history and whatever, and just because they're not the Man United of old, they're still Man United, they're still a massive powerhouse. However, does anyone seriously around this table think that 
in 10 years' time, it's a foregone conclusion that Man United are in a better position than Newcastle. Because I get it slowed down on what our general expectations were when Newcastle were brought over. But I don't think if you're looking, and we were talking about this being a long-term role, this is the sort of thing you want to be at for five-plus years minimum, right? I don't know if in that time Man United well, are going to be sitting pretty over Newcastle. There's two reasons why I think they might. One, well... What we've seen in terms of FFP over the last year or so is that that's been enforced in a way where Newcastle are kind of hamstrung by it now. You can't spend in the way you thought you would. And we know that United, because of the commercial deals they've got, they're going to be able to spend money in ways that other clubs can't. Man United have the most expensive squad in world football by a mile. Yeah. Mm. So there's sales in there as well. Yeah. The other thing is we, we've seen that with United, they do have an academy that still churns out talent. I think Kobe Mane has been their best player this season. And the fact that that academy is going to still churn out players like that. And if we're talking about Dan Ash, worth as someone who's come from the England set up managing youth there that's something where you go okay well he can work within that he can help players come through in that way in in terms of Dan Ashworth going there and them having success over the next five or ten years if I was a United fan I'd sort of be looking at his CV and going you've not proved that you can move up to a bigger club because I think we can say that Newcastle are a bigger club than Brighton I think we can say that you were asking him to do things that he weren't necessarily doing at Brighton in terms of bringing in bigger players on bigger contracts I was asking him to get us ready for the Champions League and he failed miserably he's not done that he failed miserably so if if I was United I'd be looking at that and going I can't really see a track record there of him bringing through big players, him finding players in that kind of category of 30 to 50 million pounds, whereas what you were saying, Josh, is he was successful finding players just underneath that. So in terms of United's potential, I I still think United have the potential to be a big club for a long time because I think the FFP rules now really benefit them Mm. compared to clubs who've just had money come in like recently. Well, just to put it into context, Manchester United are in hundreds of millions of pounds worth of debt. Mm. Newcastle are owned by the richest owners in world football. And yet Manchester United are poaching our director of football. Because that's how that's how lot under like upside down this whole thing is, Iron. Mm. So. The last thing when it comes to Dan Ashworth's sort of like talent ID, and we were obviously all looking at the job that he did at Brighton and the, the the numbers are there for yourself. When you were reading them out there, it's very, very impressive. The only thing I would say is is that talent or is that perception? Because the list of names you read out there, right? Are they worth the money they were sold for? That's another thing. So is that him identifying talent or is that him bringing players in that did really well and we all had this certain perception that these were world beaters? But let's be honest, right? I, listen, I really like Kai Sado. He obviously plays for Chelsea. And I think he's come and come good. I don't think he's a hundred million pound player. I don't think Kukurea is a 65 million pound player. That's exactly what a director of football has to do. I, the director I, of football I, has to I, sell yeah. the players. I, I, do, I do understand that. And from a business aspect, is but it, what we were talking I, about, I, I, the Josh talent ID there, is Dan Ashworth's talent ID necessarily better than Eddie Howe's talent ID. What I'm saying is when you look, the fee's brilliant. That's absolutely brilliant. But then we'd all sit and every single one of them, we'd go, well, that was an overpriced, that was an overpriced, that was an overpriced. There's none that they've moved on that you go, yeah, fair, fair. Uh, do, you, do, you guys, do you honestly think that uh, Eddie Howe is going out there and looking at Sven Botman and scouting him and thinking, yeah, I'll sign that guy? No, do you honestly feel Josh, he's doing It's that? not a simple that, that, Josh. You, This is the whole point of when, when Eddie Howe came in at Newcastle, it, we did not have a director of football. So though, who else are they going to ask, well, Josh? No, but look, look answer the question. There's loads of it. They could have an outside consultant. You'd never know they, who they, they will were. Do, they, they would hire all these people as third-party contractors. But, but for you to say 
that you're you're literally acting like it's an, a hilarious suggestion that the manager of Newcastle United would have a say in the transfers of players he he's going to be managing when we've just been bought by new owners. That, do you really think that's welcome, a silly to leave, welcome, leave welcome the conspiracy to theories to the main? <laughs> yeah. Leave welcome the conspiracy to theories. Josh, no, Josh, we, we weren't in modern football, mate. We've just been fucking four. <laughs> no, can we clear this up? Can we, can we clear this up? What, what would have been happening, as we alluded to earlier, there are teams of scouts, mm. there are scouting departments, and no one's, like, Eddie Howe isn't going and watching players. No. Modern managers don't have time to do that. Teams of scouts go out, watch players, present them to managers and directors of, of football, course. and in a committee situation, not too dissimilar from this, people will go, I want that one, and the other guy goes, I want that one. That's, that, that's exactly what I'm suggesting, that Eddie Howe, in, in that scenario, was the one they were talking to because we did not have a director of football. Does that not make sense? I mean, like you say, it makes sense that he's part of a committee. I don't think Eddie. I don't think you can say Sven Botman is an Eddie Howe signing at all. I, but the, the same way that you've just sat there and gave Dan Ashworth all the credit for every single fucking Brighton signing is exactly the same reason why yeah. I'm, I'm saying. In short, yeah, Eddie Howe would have had the say, the final say on these players because we didn't have a director of football. I'm not saying Eddie Howe did, did the little scouting and fucking watch every game they played, but neither does Dan Ashworth, mate. Mm. Yeah. I think, I think if you look at the track records, you look at, looks at, look at the CV. No, no, no. Where, no. where no, Eddie no, Howe was. He's changing no, the not. subject now. No, I'm not. I think if you look at the track record. No, no, I'm not. Keep it on the subject. Do you think Dan Ashworth is the one who's doing every bit of scouting? No, he's not. Absolutely okay. not. But well, he's, the, exactly he's, the, one, he's the one that's in charge of the scouting department. But it's no different to what I've just said to Eddie Howe. At the time, we only had him. So, of course, Eddie was the one... So, so Eddie so, Howe gets more credit because uh, because he's part of a committee at the end of the... Did I say that? No, you said you said that Sven Botman... At what point did I say Eddie Howe gets more credit than You said that Sven Botman was an Eddie Howe signing. Quote it. Okay, and which is at not no true. point does that mean what you've just inferred that that gives him more credit than Dan Ashworth. Dan Ashworth gets the credit for the Brighton signs when we didn't have a director of football. Eddie Howe gets the credit for the signs because who else am I going to credit to? I've got no fucking idea who else is the one signing off. I'll ask a question as well, yeah. In terms of Brighton bringing in unheard of players and moving them on for five, six, seven times what they paid for them, do you think that's done now then? Because I as, don't, as in because Dan Ashworth left. Yeah. Do you think that's done now? No, no, but because I don't. But also, <laughs> I'm like, looking at a lot of their players this season. I'm thinking someone's coming in for you in the summer. I'd never heard of you, and you're going to uh, sixty million pound yeah. move now. And all of this is shades done. of grey, right? All of this is shades of grey because it's obviously not all Dan Ashworth's doing, and it's not all Eddie Howe's doing because there's transfer committees, as we say. But what I would say is Ashworth was part of that revolutionary system at Brighton that have got them to where they are now. Mm. So to say to sort of write off his impact of Brighton or them as a football club, and then say someone is going to take over if you're going to build something transformational or a recruitment strategy you've got to start somewhere and he gave them an unbelievable start and look at where they are now if this is uh, the context is like for like but Newcastle are called Chelsea right now are you panicked that he's leaving because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say if this was if I was a Newcastle fan right now got no horse in the race I'm not sitting there panicked that he's leaving it certainly concerns me because I think what you do as a football club is you plan with the two like say for instance we, let's just use Chelsea's example right we've got two directors of football we've got a recruitment strategy below them they're the ones that are sort of going Chelsea out and so doing multi the two directors two, exactly of how unfair <laughs> fucking hell and, yeah. and, and we're, we're putting down this sort of like 10 year plan of what we're going to do to revolutionise Chelsea Football Club Ashworth was 18 months into that plan and when that changes you then have to start again yep. like uh, you know there's a, one, one thing that does bother me a little bit I'm like you're going to someone and you're going to tell them everything about our club that is pretty uncool yeah. do you know that's something that I'm like 
not that we're, I mean, fuck me, it's not the end of the world, but it's like, mm. there's a certain level of, if you're in La Liga, I wouldn't be, but well, you're a it's direct Ben Davis and linking up with AJ Vice. Yeah, yeah, it really is. But it's also, it's not the only club that United have done that with. United are taking, is it the CEO of Man City as well? So it's mm. like, United, Sorry, got, United are going to have a lot of inside mm. info mm. on They're also club. trying to put, they're trying to pinch our head of recruitment analysts. I'd be uh, awful if they came and pinched Bowley, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I, I do think that this is a good look for Man United. It's aggressive, it's competitive. I think, I really this from them like it's it's a good move and I think we trust Ineos right you, yeah. you, you, you mm. trust the people that have gone into Man United because the success they've had in other sports you go okay well they seem to know what they're doing the the Ashworth thing I, I know that you say well you know the fact that he's leaving that soon into his tenure does it look good but then you go well if it's not working is it not better to just end it quickly that's the thing you're saying Business but is it not fun? working that's well, the thing that's no, so hard to say it's well, not it, working it, what is it tell me is it uh, from what I understand the Eddie Howe relationship with Dan Ashworth is not great. I don't know mm. how bad it is, but I think the fact that Lewis Hall, we, we've been scratching our head all, all season and this makes a bit more sense of the Lewis Hall transfer of, yeah. right. why do you agree a 35 million roughly, uh, you know, fee for an 18 year old lad? He comes in and Eddie Howe blatantly does not want to play him and flat out has refused yeah. to. In fact, in the last game, we bring on a kid who's been on loan at League Two. I don't, I, Forgot, forgot his name, God bless him. I've never seen a kid in my life getting on ahead of Lewis Hall. Mm. That tells me there is something wrong with that recruitment and that he does not rate him. So I... I th- and something really similar happened at Arsenal about four years ago, by the way. I, th- mm. I think if you've got a situation like that where the manager and the director of football are clearly at loggerheads, you pick a horse. And I think in this one, when you're Newcastle United and you're looking at either Eddie Howe or Dan Ashworth and you look over the recent history of how, what they've done for Newcastle... You pick Eddie Howe. I think you're giving Newcastle a load of credit here. I think Ashworth has made a personal decision that he wants to go and. and All right, fair enough. But uh, I don't think it's anything to do with Newcastle. I think they're. I think they're scrambling around to make up difference now. I I don't think this is something that's only appeared in the last week or so. I I I think this has been like you've alluded to all season, Brian. That we we know that there were transfers that came in over the summer. That, that, Eddie, Eddie, that Eddie hasn't wanted to use. That weren't good enough. So there, there's clearly been an issue for six months. I but I agree with Josh. Tino Livramento and Tonali are like more than good enough to play for you. They're good enough, but one more of them's got a gambling addiction. Like, you, like if you're that good a director of football, if you do that good a scouting, you should know that. Mm. Everyone in Italy knew that. Uh, at Arsenal, we had a really similar thing a few years ago where we had Raul Sanlehi, who came from Spain with a big CV. We had Sven Mislintat, who came from Germany, who'd scouted big players. And we also had Edu. Edu was the most junior in those positions and they were really powerful. Sanya, he did some mad shit. He was behind the Nicolas Pepe signing, right? 72 million quid. The guy was awful. And by the way, if you read into that, a lot of it stinks of corruption, right? We had a situation where all three of them were disagreeing. There was problems in the club and there was one man that we all trusted and it was Arteta. Arteta clearly said, Edu's the one I trust out of all of them. The other two are gone. We've stuck with Edu and his transfers and where are we? I agree with... The point I'm trying to make is when you've got disagreements at the top of your club, I think the best thing to do, pick a horse. Didn't Klopp have a similar situation at Liverpool where he was sort of butting heads a little bit with a director of sorts? Am I wrong there? 
Well, they really have changed. They have yeah. changed recently. You, you, they have you, had a short-term you, option. You but. have to pick a horse. And I, and I think you have to choose someone you trust. And I, and I think when you look at previous clubs, trusting the manager isn't always the worst thing to do, even if it feels like you're ripping up something that should be long-term. Because the worst thing to do is to stick with something long-term that isn't working. The best clubs in the world, what they do is they build around the manager. They give them an ecosystem where they've worked before. There's a good working relationship. Like, look at Pep at City. They built an entire backroom team, a management team, around Pep to get him to the club in the first place and then to sort of succeed at a football club I think if you're doing that around Eddie Howe in Newcastle that's a scary thing like who are you who are you building around Eddie Howe what's the what's the Bournemouth connection the director of football that's going to make Eddie Howe a better a better manager that's a really it's a it's a scary gamble to make everything's a scary gamble when you compare it to Man City and Pep Guardiola you've literally set up an argument there that I can't compare to because you're comparing Eddie Howe to Pep Guardiola and Man City look at at Arsenal who'd you go get but then look at but look at Arsenal what they did with Arteta they had someone that had worked with Arteta before knew him really well in Eddie. Well, Eddie, Eddie Eddie went with Arteta before well, well they knew each other very well um, I, I don't they know were they, friends they, on they, Facebook well, yeah. they, they, I, I will I will help you out and give you another example which is Villa Monchi and, and mm. Emery worked together in Spain they, it doesn't have to be a working relationship that had existed before Eddie Howe's worked in football for an awful long time I'm sure he knows plenty of directors of football I'm sure Newcastle know plenty of directors of football there's not only Dan Ashworth and it doesn't it's not fair to say that the only people that Eddie Howe can have a good working relationship with are people that he's worked together previously. Yeah, true. Like you, you can the build problem with lads is managers are a senior role at a football club, but a director of football can undermine that. And if these two people aren't gelling, it's never going to work. And from everything I'm aware of, I, I don't think that that is the case between Eddie and, and Dan Ashworth. I don't think they, they've gelled. I don't think that the way Eddie's refused to play Lewis Hall, you know, I think that shows they haven't gelled. Otherwise... <laughs> why the fuck would Eddie have signed like signed off on that and didn't deliberately not yeah. uh, play them? That shows we are not aligned. So I think it's a good move for everyone that Dan Ashworth moves to Man United. It's a great opportunity for him. But now I'm obviously worried about what Newcastle do next. And you've rightly pointed out we need to act. And I, I haven't got a clue uh, what the fuck we're going to do. I mean, this, the squad needs help right now. We've got. Um, Callum Wilson, who is going to break Michael Owen's record for number of days missed in through injury at Newcastle United. You know, like he, he's literally 48% injured in his Newcastle career mm. um, and his legs have completely gone. Uh, so with uh, Isak put, picking up injuries, that's a worry because he carries those little knocks. And then we've got like so many players in that squad who are just not good enough, right? Like it's funny that we've been compared to Man United and you see the level of talent that they just have in their squad squad uh, last season for us to finish even near them and this season you can really see like when we get one or two injuries the drop off is huge so we do need like that infrastructure brought in desperately but it's going to be interesting to see where they turn like 